From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. Mary, good morning. Good morning. All right. uh, We are going to jump right into many, many, many good topics today with our guest, Jelaine Appling, Wisconsin Family Council. And uh, we have been talking about what happened a year ago, Mother's Day, at her offices when they were firebombed by abortion terrorists. Um, and Jane's Revenge claimed responsibility. We have not heard many details, and it's been over a year. Jelaine Appling, welcome back to the podcast. Well, good morning, David and Mary. It's always good to be with you folks. Thanks for the opportunity. Okay, so um, like I told you on the phone yesterday, I I don't know what you can and can't say if there are any restrictions via some lawsuit or something that's ongoing in an investigation. But tell us what happened recently in recent months and where your case is at. Well, sure. May 8th, uh, 2022, we got firebombed and... Um, I told the uh, FBI and the ATF representative and the detective who was here from the Madison Police Department that afternoon um, as they left with physical evidence. If you guys get going on this and really find the perpetrator soon, it won't be replicated all over the country. (laughs) Apparently, they didn't listen to me Mm -hmm. because now we're at over 100 various types of attacks across the country. Pro-life groups, right? Churches, pregnancy care centers. Yes. So um, at this point um, in March... The, um, a gentleman was arrested in Boston getting on a plane to Guatemala. And uh, if you have a second, I'll just quickly rehearse that story because I find it every yeah. once in a while that I know the facts behind this. But and, and by the way, what I'm saying, David, is what's been reported in the news okay. so that my attorney cannot come and get mad at me. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so but but not everybody follows this. So. The, um, if you recall, there was very specific graffiti left on one of our outside walls. It said, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. It wasn't just graffiti. That's it was a, a threat. threat. Yes. Yep. And it was a distinctive style of handwriting. And, um, when I looked at it, I thought, wow, I, I recognize that style of handwriting. It, it's pretty close to what we call Danielian. Pardon my educational background, but educators know those things. <laughs> and, um, I said at the time, this could, this could play into, um, how they find this guy. So apparently last Jan- or this earlier this year in January, there was a police, well, anti-police demonstration at the uh-huh. state capitol. Right. And some of the capitol police noticed that people were writing graffiti on sidewalks and noticed that the side, the graffiti style, the handwriting style was matched what was on our wall. Oh my goodness. So uh, according to the police report that is now public, the, um, the uh, police tracked these guys to a van, got the license plate number, and the owner of the, it was actually a SUV, and then started trailing this guy. And ultimately, uh, in March, apparently he was eating outside somewhere, and he um, didn't, he finished up and threw his, the refuse into a trash can. The police saw it, took the, that out of there, and the, the story says that. He found they found a half-eaten burrito, 
um, that they were able to peel the DNA off. Oh my and they matched it up with one set of DNA that wow. they found here. Wow. Some report, yeah, some reports said that they have three sets of DNA. That's been in the public news. So okay. I'm not saying anything that you can go Google. So um, what that so, means is they have, there could be more than one person. There could oh, yeah, be at least at one. least three involved on the yep. attack on mm-hmm. your office's Mother's Day 2022. Yeah, absolutely. But but one of the fun things about this is <laughs> fun uh, is well well it is because the headlines that came out after all of the arrests and everything happened with had they had great fun with the half-eaten burrito and the graffiti, you know. Um, that that it sounds like a TV show. It's I was like just going to say that. Show. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. So so they they um, well, he was arrested in Boston, so he had to be extradited back to Wisconsin. So that got done. They indicted him. Um, this is a federal court case. It is being tried in the Western District Federal Court here that is headquartered here in Madison. So everything is taking place at the federal courthouse. In fact. In about a half an hour, they're going to be doing a teleconference on a status hearing to set the schedule, presumably for how the trial will proceed, on mm. what dates all those things will happen. Um, interestingly, he pled not guilty. Not that's not surprising. Um, but not only did he not did he plead not guilty, he asked to be released during the course of this uh, court action. Wow. <laughs> And so, you know, I got a call from the victim's advocates and let me know all these things. And um, so I was very, very concerned. They did have a an actual in-person hearing for that. I think it was two weeks ago in the in the courthouse here in Madison, the federal courthouse. And the judge there uh, determined that he would not be released. So he is still a retained in custody in the Dane County Courthouse. Okay. Um, obviously, you know, I'm, look, I, I don't know. I, I haven't gone in to read those records or anything. They are now available on a, a website that the federal government puts out for these kinds of cases. It's called PACER. And anybody can get an account. So I could see all of that. He had letters of re- recommendation from people saying, yeah, he's a good guy. And of course. You, know, you should let him out. Of course and, he's a good oh, guy. Oh, by the way. Yeah. yeah, he's a pretty good guy. So <laughs> so um, that's where we are. The court case, I'll, I should know later today about the timing, when the, when the actual trial will begin, when they'll be, require both sides to um, get the briefs in to, to the court so that they can consider this. So I don't know how long this will drag mm-hmm. on. Um, and, you know, whether or not if the state loses, um, presumably they'll appeal. But I, I mean, I don't know. We're so early in this. Right. We're early in this with, on something that happened a year ago. Yes. <laughs> well, Jelaine, so, that, that's, 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 that's my next question. Um, why do you think it took so long? Because we know from the, even a year ago, there was one isolated. And we're talking about hundreds of cases against pro-life pregnancy centers and or churches across the country. We're going to talk a little bit more about that from some information from the Family Research Council in a few minutes. But so why do you think they waited so long or it took so long when it only took the FBI or the Department of Justice four days 
to find someone and arrest someone who tried to apparently throw a Duraflame log on top of a roof, <coughs> roof of a Planned Parenthood in Kalamazoo, Michigan. It only took them four days to find the person. And there's hundreds of cases, including uh, Compass Care in, in Buffalo, New York, so many cases that either are not solved, they don't have no person of interest, or they've just taken a long time to uh, get an investigation going. What are your thoughts? Well, let me let me say at at the outset of my response on that, uh, David and Mary, that generally speaking, and all my life, I, I personally have been a kind of in the modern vernacular a back to blue person. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been uh, afraid of law enforcement. I've never, I've always seen them as a friend. We as an organization yes, yes. have been very careful to recognize the very good things they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe at the FBI level in particular, I, I don't I don't know so much about the Madison. The Madison guy's been trying to do a lot to help us, I think. But um, I think the FBI has been so infiltrated with um, being you know, kind of weaponized against conservative people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and conservative work. And I think that trickles down from the Biden administration. And there was an interesting hearing before Congress and the Attorney General, U.S. Attorney General, was being asked by some of our elected officials, why did you, why was it so easy for you to go find people who were in some way or, and maybe in a concocted way and trumped up charges, uh, pro-lifers who you say were doing wrong things against pro-abortion people, but you can't go Mm -hmm. find the people who have obviously done firebombing yes. and uh, true vandalism and uh, for the, against the pro-life organizations and churches. And the AG says, well, look, the pro-lifers are right out there in daylight and the guys that are doing the firebombing and all these things, they're doing that under the cloak of darkness. Well, get them some get them some flashlights. Well, well I, I hear you. But, you know, already the, 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 the opinion, the, the national opinion of the FBI I think if you took a you know a broad swath survey on it, it, it's suspect. Yes. People are not sure that they're doing their job, and we aren't sure they're competent. And then you have the attorney general, our top cop in the country, coming out and saying, yeah, we can find people if they commit crimes in daylight. But, boy, once they go into di- darkness, boy, the FBI can't find them. Well, and this well, is playing out at a national level as we speak. They're yeah. having, uh, you know, the investigative uh, things are going on in the House this morning, live, right. um, whistleblowers who are who are just normal, average, everyday citizens, um, but they're considered domestic terrorists for whatever reason. And now, so things are being uncovered a little bit. And I think this rabbit hole goes much deeper than we can imagine. Well, it probably does, Mary, and I wish it didn't. You know, Americans want to believe that our government is not out to hurt them, not Mm -hmm. is not playing favorites, is not taking an ideological um, position on these kinds of things. But the reality is that the more and more evidence that's uncovered, our, our suspicions are raised and our, our suspicions are even confirmed at points. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it would seem to me when you walk out of the office, which they did on May 8th, with three paint cans full of physical evidence and you don't do anything for 10 months Jeez. that you can't match that DNA yep. in 10 months. I mean, we're, well, you guys haven't been down here. We're three quarters of a mile from the Dane County Airport. Th- this is a well-traveled road. Mm-hmm. 
Now, granted, it was, you know, it was in the early morning hours, which they speculate somewhere between 5 and 5.30. The report was called in with the flames and smoke coming out of our office at 6.15. Yeah. But I, I just, to me, the, the, the bottleneck seems to have been at the uh, FBI level. Um, and, and I have my suspicions, but let me, let me say this, too. Um, I am now considered a victim. I don't like that terminology, but in the legal system, that's who we are. Mm -hmm. Our organization is considered a victim. And I, as the head of the organization, am a spokesperson. So um, I'm trying very hard to to not completely malign the FBI. And, um, and, you know, they've come to my office and said, oh, we we work on this case every day. So, you know, I know what they say and Mm. I know what I see. And, And by the way, full disclosure. I've never been the subject of an FBI investigation before, so I don't know how they go. Mm. I only see them on TV. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have anything to compare it to. Okay. But um, it, it seems very slow. And when I saw within a week all of these things starting to happen all across the country, my heart just sank. And look, we're one out of 100 there's only been one uh, over a hundred. There's been only one arrest made, one other arrest, other than ours. One. Wow. I, I, th- that should not be happening. Okay. Something's wrong with the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me just bring in. By the way, I'm just checked over. Uh, there's that hearing going on right now in the House of Representatives on the weaponization of the federal government, and yep. uh, whistleblowers have come forward. Um, Jim Jordan, God bless him, and uh, some that are really trying to get to the bottom of this and expose it. I don't think you're going to be able to change it uh, a lot, but at least you can expose some of it and just start whittling away at it. But um, pro-life groups, um, religious uh, organizations were targets of the government. That's according to Jim Jordan. But uh, Julaine, Family Research Council, in, did a survey in just, just the first or a study in just the first three months of this year. Um, there has been an, a steady rise of acts of hostility against churches. We're talking about criminal, crim, criminal acts against churches in the first three months. Three times the number of hostilities against churches in the same time frame last year. And we're on a a road right now, if this continues, if this trend continues, it's going to be off the charts, record-setting for 2023. We've never seen this before, this many attacks on churches, uh, inst- religious institutions. Your thoughts on that? Because it's kind of an extension on conservative values, family values, pro-life pregnancy centers. So your thoughts? Well, first of all, I think for a church to be the subject of attack, it's probably one of those churches that has finally spoken up on some of these issues. Yeah. And and God bless them for yeah. being willing to, in some way, and in the public square, in the public arena, state some beliefs about these things. That it, and maybe on the pro-life issue, maybe it's on the transgender issue. Look, we were attacked the, on May 8th of last year for our stand on abortion. It could have been for our position on marriage or, yeah. or on religious freedom or on the sure. transgender issue or the mm-hmm. LGBTQ so, so first of all, um, I'm, I'm grateful for churches that are willing to speak truth into the culture in such a way that, and unfortunately, it makes them vulnerable to these kinds of things. But the other thing I'll say is, I don't know about you two, but I see more anger every single day in our culture, mm-hmm. every single day. Yeah. 
Um, I think part of that is the waning influence of Christianity and um, the fact that we just, we don't have a lot of limits anymore. We're not self-limiting as individuals and as a culture. And what's happening is the default setting for so many people is becoming violence. Yeah. Um, I mean, we see it with all, I'm, I'm, I even hesitate to mention this, but I am horrified by all of these mass shootings mm-hmm. and killings mm-hmm. that we're seeing. Um, those have got to be on some kind of pace for record setting, too, based on what I've been reading and seeing and hearing about. Yep. Because this is a culture that is untethered. You know, there used to be a, a sense of homogeneity, a, 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 a more of a... Um, total agreement culturally around Judeo-Christian values. Now, I've run into people today that don't even know what that term means, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so that, if that doesn't tell you how far yeah. we've drifted. Sad. But, it, yeah, it is. And so what held us together was, okay, there's the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments says, thou shalt not kill. You shouldn't commit adultery. You, you know, you shouldn't take the name of the Lord in vain. And, and you know, you, you shouldn't steal and all those things. Mm-hmm. Ten, ten Commandments. Yes. We can't even post them in our schools anymore because somebody might actually see them and read them. That was from the U.S. Supreme Court going back to the 80s. So you remove the influence of Christianity. And what you have left is, is you're looking at the depravity of the human, of, of human nature and that is that is basically unchecked. All right. So let me take this back to churches. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Christians, st- Christians, um, and and when people think about Christians, they think about church. All right. So Christians personified as church stand in the way of the liberal agenda that is being pushed. Mm-hmm. So in order to advance that liberal agenda, they, the people who, who want to do that have to silence sometimes destroy, certainly sideline the the obstacles that are standing in their way. What do they see as standing in their way? Christians mm-hmm. individually, Christian organization and organizations and churches. Mm-hmm. Probably even Christian radio. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because you can't if, if you have those voices speaking collectively and, and powerfully in a way that impacts people into that culture then there's an impediment there to the advancement of that agenda. Mm-hmm. So they are doing everything they can to malign us, to literally and figuratively attack us. I mean, I'm sitting in my office right now looking through the window that was boarded up for eight months, you know, wow. um, and and every day I'm still in some way, shape or form dealing with that attack. Wow. So I, I think church has become the manifestation of the impediment to the liberal agenda and they secondly are the point of attack for angry people mm-hmm. who are, and I'm going to go somewhere that I know we're going to come to later in the show, but I want to mention it. The family breakdown yes. has a great deal to do with this. Mm-hmm. Yes. A huge amount to do with this. Yeah. And by the way, I believe the breakdown of the family preceded the um, waning of the influence of Christianity in this mm-hmm. culture. Because Christianity has been historically transmitted through the family unit. That's mm-hmm. where that's where young people were exposed to the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's where they saw it lived out. And when you have the breakdown, when, when families break down, <clears throat> even if they were formed or never form, then young people are left 
to the culture at large, to whatever influences are they're subjected to, which would be the internet, the educational system, you know, Hollywood and all the rest of that. That's where they're getting their quote morality. That's where they're getting their ethics. And what do they see? Anger, violence, you know, uh, hypersexuality and all the rest of this. So they're lashing out at the visible manifestations of what they say stands in the way of getting what they think they want tragically tragically what they think they want will destroy them well another thing they're angry about is they're told morning noon and night that they are the victim of injustice whether for whatever reason that might be and now there's a sense of entitlement and we want what you have and we want what we think we should have and that also produces a lot of anger because the left constantly pushes the victimhood of everybody about everything and they justify the lawlessness, as we've seen since 2020 in the riots on streets across America. They justify godlessness, lawlessness. And by the way, Jelaine, to your point, we'll talk about this in the next segment, fatherlessness leads to lawlessness. Mm-hmm. That's been proven. Well, of course it does. Look, the family unit is the most basic form of government in every society. And that's where young people learn mm-hmm. about order, working together, mm-hmm. obeying, and things like that. And when you don't have that, the outcome is lawless, lawlessness, um, approaching anarchy. And Mary, to your point on injustice, look, we are living out the humanist manifesto. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're limited, living out the communist manifesto. Uh, they, 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 they warn people, look, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to change society. Create chaos, right. create a sense of injustice right. and, and, and hype the anger, mm-hmm. uh, break the family down, you know, uh, hypersexualize everything. Yep. And, and they know when you do that, you, you undermine the very foundation of a society. And, um, let's, let's put the blame where the blame really lies. The blame lies on Satan himself. Satan is having a heyday <laughs> in America. Um, and fortunately we know his leash is only a, only so long. Right. There is an end to this. Right. Um, but but in the meantime, many many people are being deceived by him, and that's why I say the end of the end of all this for the people who keep going on this path and and obviously reject the truth of the gospel. The end of this is incredibly ugly yeah. and 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 horrific. Yes, yes, it really is. Um, before we have a break, Julian, I want to ask you here. Uh, arguments were recently heard. I'm going to switch gears on you a little bit. Arguments were recently heard about a lawsuit over Wisconsin abortion ban, and this has to do with the validity of a 1849 bill on the books, a uh, 19th century law. Uh, our Attorney General uh, Josh Call filed a suit last summer, right after Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, it's been dormant this whole time. For some reason now, it's it's coming back to life. And I guess I want to ask you about that. And, and, you know, there's a Republican prosecutor is trying to get um, the lawsuit uh, dismissed. Um, why so long to bring this uh, to the forefront? And uh, can I get your take on this particular uh, case? Well, sure. Uh, the, June 24th, 2022, that was a Friday. Uh, we got the wonderful Dobbs decision saying very clearly in there from the U.S. Supreme Court that there is no right to abortion found in the U.S. Constitution and the issue reverts to the states and their elected representatives. In 1849, our uh, duly elected legislature enacted a law that said that most abortions in this state were prohibited except for a loosely defined life of the mother exception. 
the governor who had been duly elected signed that law in, or signed that bill into law. Um, on, on Tuesday of following the June 24th uh, Supreme Court decision in Dobbs, uh, Josh Call at the behest of Governor Evers challenged the, the enforceability of it. And by the way, this is not just about Wisconsin. Um, we are one of about a dozen states that had a pre-row law in mm. place. We didn't have a trigger law. We actually had a pre-row law that immediately upon the overturning of row went into effect. Okay. So we're, we're just kind of at the, on the front leading edge of this in the country. And, and, and this is, this is nationwide. Every state's dealing with this in mm. some way, shape or form. Okay. So they, they file it and, and uh, on June 20, I think it was June 27th or 28th. Normally, what would happen in that is, I think, because it was filed in Dane County, and if you can find a conservative or even moderate judge in Dane County, God bless you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So it was filed here, and I assumed that within the week there would be an injunction Mm -hmm. placed on the enforcement of that statute. That statute in our our state statutes is 940.04. And and I say, well, how do you know that? Because I talk about it all the time. and it's been there since 1849. We've had the liberals have had numerous attempts to revoke it prior to uh, 2022 and 2023, and they were never successful. Hmm. It's been unchanged in there. Well, it's changed a few times, but not not revoked. Hmm. So a call argues that all of these, you know, we have a 24 hour waiting period and a 20 week abortion ban and an ultrasound requirement and a, um, a, a, a minors have to get permission from their parents. And you have to give people a copy of women's right to know. And we have a telemed. So we have all these rules and restrictions and regulations on abortion. Call argued that all of those restrictions and regulations subsequent to 1973, when the Supreme Court went completely off the rails and dis- and created, concocted a right to abortion in our U.S. Constitution, mm-hmm. that they, in this is his word, they implicitly revoked the 1849 mm. law. Mm. Implicitly. Mm. So no legislature has never revoked it. Wow. So, so here's the wonderful thing about that. That goes into effect immediately. Planned Parenthood on the afternoon of June 24th said, okay, Wisconsin, we're not doing any more surgical or induced abortions here. So that took out, we only had three places, four places, I think, in the, in the state where there were standalone abortion facilities. They all quit. So that meant from July, to, and this is the, the numbers I'm going to give you are not from Planned Parenthood. They're from a, are, are not from conservative groups. They're from a pro abortion group from July 1. Through August or through December 31st of last year, Wisconsin saved over 3,000 babies. Mm, we wow. were doing, we were having abortions of over 600 a month in the, in the few years leading up to 2022. So, so every day that that law has been enforced, we've been saving babies from surgical or induced abortions and we've been saving 3,000, over 3,000 women from the trauma of abortion. So, I'm not unhappy, Mary, that it's taken Mm -hmm. this long. But let's talk quickly about why it took this long. And I can give you a short answer. April 4th, 2023. What happened on April 4th, 2023, a little over a month ago? We had an election for an open seat on our state Supreme Court. I knew this would figure. Yep. So I believe with all my heart that that's exactly what happened. There was no injunction put on the the enforceability of the law. Wow. Um, Secondly... 
The only thing they did in the intervening uh, time between June of 2022 and earlier this month, a National Day of Prayer, which was what, the 5th of May or something like that. The only thing that happened was the original plaint or defendants that Josh Call had named, which was Chris Kapinga as president of the Senate, uh, Devin Lemahieu as Senate Majority Leader, and Robin Voss as Speaker of the Assembly, told the court, look, we're, you're suing the wrong people here. You're naming the wrong people. And they got the court to dismiss them. Mm-hmm. And um, Josh Call named three uh, uh District attorneys, Sheboygan District Attorney, Madison and Milwaukee. Why? Because those are all three places where abortions had been being done, where they had abortion facilities. Mm. So um, that's the only thing that happened. But all of a sudden, April 4th, we find out that the liberal judge, um, Janet Protasiewicz, beats the very conservative former Supreme Court Justice Daniel Kelly. And suddenly the ideological Mm -hmm. uh, makeup of our court will change. Come August, Radically. from yep. four three conservative to four three liberal, yep. and then all of a sudden we see, oh yeah, we're going to hold oral arguments in the eighteen yep. the case involving the eighteen forty nine law. It'll be on, uh, ironically, on National Day of Prayer oh. in Dane County Courthouse. Yeah, and so they made their cases, and and basically Josh Call made the cases. I just told you, you can't. This law has been implicitly revoked. It is. It's and, and, and he's saying. It's too old. Well, we have lots of laws that were passed in the 19th century that are still on the books and are still being enforced. Yep. Age is not re- age is not right. the determiner for whether or not a law is enforceable. That's right. That's right. Oh, thank you, Julaine. Yeah, it saves you. me a question because I was going to ask you about your take on the Wisconsin Supreme Court election. But we've got to move on. When we come back, we've got a good news story out of California where a uh, actually two different federal courts have ruled for Christian churches and their right to decline abortion coverage in their health insurance plan. So that's a good news story. Plus, we've got an audio clip from Josh Hawley. You know, America needs stronger men, and the left has spent decades running men down and masculinity. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. Strong men are not the problem. You'll hear a clip from Senator Josh Hawley coming up on Stand Up for the Truth. Our social media pages are shadow banned. Thanks for your prayers and sharing our posts at StandUpForTheTruth.com. No matter how you feel, no matter how the last few months have gone for you or the last few years, your life is a life of influence. Your life is a life of significance. And God wants to use you to do something that he won't use anybody else for. He has something for you that he doesn't have with anybody else. He has called you to a specific task and purpose in this day and in this hour. And the world needs it because he's chosen you to do it. So that was Senator Josh Hall, and he was speaking at an event recently. Um, I admire him. He's one of the handful of uh, true Christian conservatives that's representing America. He's a senator. And Jelaine Appling, um, America needs stronger men. But I think what the culture is doing and what the current government is doing is trying to weaken the country, shame men, and we've even got a transgender representative trying to recruit for the military, U.S. military and the Navy, um, and it's really act- absolutely astounding what they're doing. I just would love to open up this topic and let you share your heart on this. Well, I think we're starved for mm. true, oh. strong men, mm. and particularly godly men. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, I'll concur with you on Josh Hawley. He's one of my heroes. I He's fearless. He doesn't back down. 
He's, um, but he also doesn't go picking a fight, but he's not afraid to stand up for truth. So, um, on, on this issue, I, I think that's been one of the most successful, uh, efforts of the left to mm-hmm. emasculate men, to, you know, throw out terms like toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, to eviscerate manhood to the point where men are afraid to really be what God designed men to be. And, you know, it doesn't, you have to actually, once again, not believe what your eyes see and what your brain tells you to believe these things. Because anybody who says men and women are inherently not different, have to, you have to actively choose to believe the lie because everybody knows they're different. All right. And, and God, God designed it that way. And what has happened though, especially in America, um, we have allowed the, um, God's plan for manhood to be derided, to to be made to be unpopular, Mm -hmm. to be not only just unpopular, but wrong, Mm -hmm. wrong. Mm -hmm. And, and as a result of that, so many men have backed away from leadership. They backed yes. away from providing the, the leadership role in their families, in their communities, in their churches. One of the places where I see this that, that bothers me the most is in our churches. The, um, I, look, I, I think, I think scripture makes it clear that, that men are to be leaders. That doesn't mean women are doormats. It doesn't mean we don't have a role. It doesn't mean we don't take certain mm-hmm. leadership roles. It doesn't mean it's not demeaning to me at all mm-hmm. to know that God designed men to be protectors. To be strong, yes. to be decisive, to be, to to put guardrails up, to to take action quickly in defense of of their loved ones, to to provide direction and and uh, wisdom. I I think that's clearly what what God has done mm-hmm. uh, in, in in creating men, There's and a- our culture has just stomped on them. Just absolutely stomped yeah, on them. Yeah. There, there's a quote from this article that says, The left's campaign to re-educate men begins as early as preschool, where too many boys are punished for aggressive play. And yes. if they don't comply, <clears throat> medicated out of their boyishness. As young men, they're denied the manufacturing jobs that allowed their fathers to earn good wages. The governing class long ago shipped those jobs overseas and set adrift on college campuses filled with activists who despise them. I'm amazed yeah. at how many parents gave into the whole psychological aspect of medicating their sons because they were busy and active and their minds were active and their bodies wanted to keep moving. And here they are at, at six years old, they're in, in a school setting for eight hours a day and they're not allowed to, you know, uh, become that, that person. Um, and, and I, I just am stunned by that. And I, I'm tired of the culture wanting masculine women and feminized men. I'm so tired yep, of that because yep. that's what's going on. You shouldn't be feminine. You shouldn't be masculine. They're trying to switch gender yep, roles. Yep. And it's been going on for a long time and it's just really vexing. Well, so let's, let's talk about, you know, the first part of your statement there, Mary, you know, you're bothered and kind of amazed by how many parents would allow this to happen yes. to their boys. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I just want to remind us. We have now had at least two generations. If you figure a generation of 25, it's now more than that because people are having their kids so much older. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're 25 and way up to have their, their first child often now. Mm-hmm. So that changes how we view a generation. But we have at least two generations who have gone through a godless secular school system that has, has indoctrinated them successfully in this mindset. Um, uh, <laughs> And the church, in the meanwhile, has been silent. Mm-hmm. 
And, and so you, you have a whole set of parents, two sets of, you know, generations of parents who say, oh, well, if that's what they say, then that must be right. If that's what the school says, or if that's what the psychologists and psychiatrists say, if that's what the media says, then it must be right. And so they buy into this. It is a life in the pit of hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things, so look, I was a Christian school administrator for five years in Charleston, West Virginia. I had a K through sixth grade school at that point. And I used to love stepping into the hall at recess when we were letting the kids out of their, out of their classrooms, going out to the playground. Mm-hmm. And the girls would gather in little two, two or three groups and they'd be chatting about and, and the boys are bumping into each other, <laughs> slapping each other on the backside, but you know, just and running down the hall and just doing such manly things <laughs> boys that will be boys your boys yes. Yes. yes 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 i don't look i don't want them to go around beating up people senselessly i don't want them you know being bullies but i do want them to be boys and we have to we have to nurture that in an appropriate way mm-hmm. and and what's the answer to this it's not government it's the family mm-hmm. it's the yeah. family Moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, extended families need to make a concerted effort, intentional, yes. that they are going to rear bo- boys to become men, mm-hmm. not wusses, Amen. not namby pambies. Yeah. But God is looking for men to stand in the gap, to be the leaders that we so desperately need. And it, it's going to be countercultural. It is absolutely going to be that. But I think men, I, I, I think, um, let me give you a great example of something positive I think that's going on in here. Sure. Remember when the Boy Scouts started doing all this stuff with promoting homosexuality? <laughs> yes. And allowing homosexual. So what comes up? Trail Life. Mm. Trail Life is an alternative camp, Christian camp for boys. Yes. And they take them out and they put them in the big outdoors and they teach them, teach them skills. Not, you know, look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, you guys are, I'm, I'm, Anna Mary, I haven't met you. But I'm nearly six feet tall. When I was younger, I was truly six feet tall. <laughs> I grew up playing sports. I loved sports. My dad taught me a bunch about it. But so, And he taught me how to hold a hammer and that kind of stuff. That doesn't make me a man. Doesn't make me want to be a man. Okay? But so, so I'm not saying that women can't learn how to put shingles on a roof or lay right. tile or put carpet down or, some, or fix cars or whatever. Of course they can. But boys need to have some training in those kinds of things. They need to go out and chop wood with their dads. They need to learn how to fix things around the house. They need to go run. They need to go play. They need to do the things that will help shape them to become the defenders, to become the, uh, the people who will stand up for what is right mm. and protect the people they love. Amen. We're creating, we're, we're creating a, 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 a culture of men that I don't know in a push that is a man going to step in and defend the women. Mm-hmm. Look what we're doing to David. You brought it up. Look what we're doing to the military. Yep. It's, uh, it's uh, the only amazing. word that I can think of is emasculating. We're emasculating the military and so. vets, vets such as former Navy SEALs. I did an article on this last week. They have been speaking out. They are extremely dissatisfied and, and upset with what the direction of the military under the Biden administration. But it is on purpose the weakening at least the image if they can't possibly weaken the entire military because it's you know too many you know moving parts but they're the image how the world sees america and its lack of strength but and we need to move on but i want to just share a quote from franklin graham who i really appreciate his voice don't agree with him 100 percent of the time okay but uh, he compares our times with the days of noah 
And he spoke recently at Liberty University to the graduates and said, you've got to stand for the truth. The gospel is the only hope for a dying world. And he said, the world wants you to sit down and shut up as Christians. No, don't you do that. I want you to stand up, to shout, to lift up your voice, to lift up the truth, and to live for Jesus Christ End quote. Amen, Franklin Graham. Um, Amen. Jelaine, we've got to go on. There's a positive story out of California. Um, and this, I'm sure there are other cases around the country, but two federal courts in California ruled that the First Amendment must protect even churches and their right to decline elective abortion coverage in their health insurance plans. Now, Mary and I were talking before the podcast, not all churches have a staff big enough to cover the health insurance, but we're talking about big churches, Jack Hibbs Church in Calvary, uh, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, and several others were part of this lawsuit. They challenged the state's unconstitutional abortion coverage mandate that was forced by the government. So they've got to pay $1.4 million to these churches for court costs. I believe they should mm. get more. But anyway, Jelaine, you're... Your take on this? Well, I'll give you my take real quickly, but I want to come wrap up one thing on that father thing. Okay. Fathers, we, we need strong fathers begin in the homes. That's where we need them. 88% of the babies born today in Milwaukee are born to single women. That's where you produce wow. the anger that results in all the violence that we see wow. in our major cities and around oh my the country. Goodness. Fatherlessness, fatherlessness. Mm. So moving on. 88%? Um, in yep. Milwaukee? So it's well, probably not- statewide, it's about 40 Okay. So it's not that uncommon in big cities in, you know, where, anyway, yeah, this is a big, yeah, it's so a big I, problem that, that never gets addressed, rarely gets addressed. It's huge. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so on these churches, yes. uh, to be honest with you, this, I thought this thing was settled with a Hobby Lobby case years ago. <laughs> Remember? Yes. Remember they told Hobby Lobby, oh, okay, no. yeah, you don't have to pay for insurance that I, covers abortions exactly. and even I think there was contraception. So I'm not sure how, how this all came back on the churches, but um, no church should be required to violate its biblical beliefs um, to, to acquire insurance to cover their employees for health insurance. Um, that is fundamentally a, a violation of our First Amendment. Uh, if the Constitution means anything anymore... It's a violation of the First Amendment, of the right of us to have the free exercise of our religion, uh, religious beliefs. And to, by the way, it's not freedom of worship. It's freedom of religion. Yes. Okay. And, and I don't, <clears throat> praise God, it's in California. Because in my opinion, California is about to be separated from, you know, all reality um, on <laughs> every issue is. that you can. Yeah, yeah they are. I, uh, under, know, under, my counterpart out there, I don't know how he does it. but uh, Under Emperor um, Newsom, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, and by the way, you talk about emperors. Let's just remind people that you're living in a culture where the emperor has no clothes and nobody's willing to say it. Yeah, yeah. amen to Thank that. you, and, Julian. And so um, on so many issues, in particular this trans issue, but yeah. um, praise God that yes. the court got this right. And by the way, I think those I think those churches should be remunerated. Yes, not, monetarily, not for this. just court costs. Yeah, no attorneys' fees. No, yeah. there's there, attorneys' fees and um, you know pain and suffering. If there's any of that in there, I, I think they deserve that. And by the way, I just want to mention something. I don't know if we, this is kind of off the subject there, but it's okay. I don't know if you guys heard, but there was a court, a federal court in in Florida that um, required the Palm, the city of Palm um, Beach. And uh, the, the city of Boca Raton and the county of Palm Beach to pony up money to um, two psychologists um, who had who had been told they couldn't do anything other in, than 
affirm and in, encourage the transgender behavior or, or same-sex activity. Wow. And because the, the county and the city had enforced a um, uh, no conversion therapy, no so-called conversion therapy. And finally, these cities had to pony up some money. It was like almost $200,000. Mm. So I'm thankful for courts that are getting this right. And I, I need to point this out. I don't know who the judges were in this California thing, mm-hmm. uh, David, but it would not surprise me if we're not talking about some of these federal judges who were appointed by Trump. Hmm. Oh, oh, that's, that's interesting. Good point. That's interesting. And this may be naive of me, but of all the things that insurances should cover yeah. but don't, yeah. I guess I'm a little surprised they even cover abortion procedures. Oh. I mean, you know, like I said, I'm naive and, and well, it's and we, 2023, well, Mary, but still. they call it health care. Yeah. They yeah. bought the lie uh, that that is health care. For decades. When, yeah. For decades. When, when, when in the history of medicine have we yeah. said, oh, it's health care to kill someone? Because we haven't, I, I, we haven't called it what it is. Abortion is murder. It is taking the life of a preborn human being out of a mother's womb. And we won't, most, many people won't stand up and say that, but that's true. David, did you hear about the guy that, the, the podcast where the, the pro-abortion guy got caught in his own web? No, tell us. The, well, yeah, there was a guy that, and he was, they were talking about abortion with this really liberal guy who was maintaining women had a right is this, is this Lance? For body. Is this Lance? Yes, yeah. Lance. Yeah. And 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 the they they said okay, so the woman has the right to make this choice to get to to, do, to kill her baby. And and the, another guy on the on the show says, well, what about meth? And Lance says, well, if a woman's taking meth, I I guess you know some government agency might get involved. And the 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 more conservative guy said, wait a minute, you just said the woman has the right to make all these choices. If she wants to take meth, then then she should have the right to do that. And why, why are you saying that? And Lance says, well, um, because she's trying to intentionally kill her child. I wow. mean, talk about a mic drop I read, moment. I read that. I couldn't believe that's it. Great. I couldn't believe it. Wow. I mean, that's a huge mic drop moment. Yeah. And, and the guy goes, and <laughs> they had this big pause, and the guy says, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course we see where you're going, because you committed the unpardonable sin, according to the left. You admitted the humanity of the unborn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, that's and, and that's the argument we have to make is that, that this is an, a, a child we're killing. It's not a mass of tissue or a clump of yes. cells or product of conception. Yes, Jillian, we just did an article a couple of days ago on the first ever of its kind brain surgery in yeah. on a baby in a mother's womb, a preborn baby. They did a brain, successful brain surgery. I think that yeah. was out of Boston. But I just want to wrap up this article. It says, for years, California officials in collaboration with Planned Parenthood, have unconstitutionally targeted faith-based organizations. And this was a significant victory for churches, the conscience rights of their members, and other religious organizations that shouldn't be ordered by the government to violate some of their deepest faith convictions, end quote. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have time for one more. Is that a state case or federal case? Um, Federal. federal. Two federal courts in California. Yeah, good. Okay, thanks. All right. So, um, let's go to Canada. I mean, not, not, le- not physically. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Not physically. <laughs> but Jelaine, I just happened to, before we get to this story, I came up upon this chart, this graph. The trend in U.S. birth rates and the U.S. birth rate has fallen by 20% since 2007, and the decline cannot be explained by demographics, economics, or policy changes, but the U.S. birth rate has fallen. So in Canada... They're also having a birth rate issue, but yet they blame 
mankind on uh, the, the killing the environment and the planet. We're destroying it. Too many people, overpopulation. Now let's go to Canada, and a study finds that Canadians support extreme euthanasia guidelines, and they believe that homeless people or disabled people should have access to euthanasia. And in, they have a medical assistance in dying program. They call it the MAID program, medical assistance in dying, which is really assisting murder. Um, 73%. Um, and some believe it should be expanded further. So, Jelaine, there's really a disconnect with uh, actual life and death and the cause of, uh, well, first of all, poverty. Let's talk about poverty for a minute because Mary brought up this point. Um, the, you have got all kinds of different reasons and circumstances that people fall into poverty or are living in that. And here we want to say, hey, let's, let's lessen their pain. Let's take them out. Let's, let's allow themselves to die. This is demonic, and I'll let Mary and Jelaine go ahead and chime in. Uh, yeah, they, it says here, um, America's neighbor to the north continues to lead the way on the world scene regarding euthanasia. A disturbing news survey has found, and as David was saying, 73% believe it should be expanded Further, and 27% believe that people should have access to euthanasia because they're poor, a number that rises to 41% among the 18 to 34 age group. A full 28% believe Canadians should have access to euthanasia for homelessness. Now, these are things that happen to a person in the course of their life. Sometimes. But, yes, sometimes, you know, between living and dying, you can have great riches, you can fall into, you know, for whatever God's purpose is for that person's life. Because um, I believe God has his hand on all these things, as we all do. But the whole idea that poverty somehow has to do with that you shouldn't even live because you're poor. So now money becomes the number one reason to make the quality of life, um, you know, to make life worth living. And, and sure, people with money have to. What a to, lie. What a lie. What a yeah. horrible lie. Julian, can we, can we just talk about this? What What is... What is the mindset up there um, that causes people to say things like that? If you're poor, then you'll be happy you're dead. Worldview? Other, yeah. Other than reprobate mindset. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. It's a worldview, and it's a worldview that has been become pervasive because of the educational system that has indoctrinated, you know, hundreds of thousands and millions of Canadians into a godless view of the world that people, uh, people, look, we, first of all, uh, and, and I think this is pretty universal right now. Maybe, you know, I, certainly in America, North America, including Canada, certainly in Europe, there's an obsession with death, mm, an yeah. absolute obsession with death. Yes. Um, uh, people, people make, you know, they, they, they don't want to deal with it, but yet they want to make light of it. They see it as, I don't, you know, the end, I guess. There's no, because they fundamentally don't believe the word of God. They don't believe mm. there's a heaven or hell. Hmm. And, and by the way, if you can remove people's um, belief in a literal hell, you can basically convince them of anything and yeah. they can live any way they want because there's no judgment. And by the way, let's not any of us miss what is fundamentally at, at work here is a belief in that there is no God. When you take Genesis yep. 1 through about 11 out of your life, you have removed all accountability because hmm. you don't believe in a creator. You don't believe in a designer for marriage, for family, for all these things. You've eliminated it in your thinking. You haven't eliminated it in reality. Mm -hmm. So the Canadians are a little bit ahead of us. Let me tell you, 
They were leading the charge on assisted suicide. We used to call it physician-assisted suicide. They've now dropped the physician even here in America because they want to be able to have other people assist people in suicide. And so um, the suicide rates are rising all over our country. They're rising, obviously, in Canada. And now we're saying, okay, if you're poor and you're homeless, you have such poor quality of life that we deem you eligible for free suicide. Yeah. Wow. And, and as you guys said, it's a, it's a um, dastardly lie from the pit of hell. It yes, really it is. is. Human life is valuable from the moment of conception through natural death. And, and it's, it's, look, we're talking about Mago Deo, right? Yes. Uh, come on. Yes. We're talking about the image of God Amen. on every person. Right. Homelessness and poverty, if we can start saying that that determines quality of life, then we can start saying here in America, Canada, wherever, we can start eliminating undesirables. Mm-hmm. Yep. According and, to someone. Yeah, you said right on it was a worldview issue, Julaine. It is. And uh, one more quote from the article it says, the growing plurality of Canadians believe that killing poor and homeless citizens by lethal injection is morally acceptable and perhaps even desirable. Uh, this is, uh, it's demonic, it's, it's sad, it's evil. Uh, we've got to move on because we've just got a minute and a half left, but I want to remind everybody this is uh, the American Sovereignty Declaration uh, Exit the World Health Organization Month in the month of May. You can go to SovereigntyCoalition.org. We're going to talk a lot more about it with Reggie Littlejohn a, a week from today mm-hmm. on the podcast. It's time for America to exit the who did you have something oh, yeah i wanted to just uh promote the podcast that jelaine does which yes. is absolutely excellent it's called home front and you can go to any podcast app and you can listen to those They're about 15 minutes a piece you can catch up with jelaine and what's going on uh related to all pro-life matters and whatever she's working on they're fabulous give us the websites and where people can uh, track you down jelaine well, uh, main one wi family council c-o-u-n-c-i-l dot o-r-g and if they have questions, they can call us at 888-378-7395. And uh, you can get that information also on our website, Wisconsin Family Council. Uh, Jelaine, we so appreciate mm-hmm. you, your voice, your work. We know you take the hits. We know you get the threats. I mean, heck, your office was bombed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, That so, tells you something, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Uh, and, and we praise, praise God that mm-hmm. uh, we're still here doing what we do and trying to Speak the truth, raise awareness. So God bless you and protect you and just give you success in all of your endeavors in Jesus' name. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. And those prayers are returned to my friends at Q90. Thank you so much for all that you do for the truth and for the opportunity to partner with you. Amen. Very blessed. Amen. We'll take them. We'll take those prayers. Thank you. God bless you. Yes. Thanks, Jelaine. Bye-bye. Always so informative. Mm -hmm. And uh, no issue is off limits. Uh, we could talk about so much, but I want to share tomorrow, guys, a brand new uh, book out, New World Order, Worlds in Collision and the Rebirth of Liberty. This is by Terry James and Pete Garcia. Pete Garcia will be on the podcast tomorrow. Stand up for the truth. He's a retired uh, military veteran, uh, writer, speaker, teacher of Bible prophecy and apologetics. I'm just so thankful that he can take the time mm-hmm. to be on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I know you have this book, Mary. You're looking I do. forward to this. I am very much. All right. So tomorrow, Pete Garcia, New World Order. Um, we've got a ton of articles and news that we've been wanting to get to, and there's always breaking news, and there will be over the weekend. So Mary and I are doing a news and worldview and commentary uh, podcast next Tuesday 
Um, I'll be doing one also on Monday, some different topics um, that we just can't possibly cover through the week, especially when we have a guest on for the full hour or when we talk about a book. So that's just the way it is. Uh, Mayor, there's always stuff going on, never a shortage of things oh, to never. discuss. No, never. Yeah. But, guys, thank you again for your prayers and for sharing the podcast. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.